Welcome to the Clam Bake! Welcome to the Clam Bake, it's a fresh take on a question all this time. If a woman is alone in the forest, will she still be undermined? It's a sorority of equality, it's a bonfire of a patriarchy. Come on, your hands, bring your moms, bring your dads, come to the Clam Bake with me. We're going to intro ourselves. We're going to do it. This is Angela Gallner. This is Lindsay Stidham. And you're listening to Welcome, Welcome to, to the, the Clam Bake. Bake. It's the opposite of a sausage fest. And we examine feminism, feminist issues in the year 2017. God, that was concise. We did it. We, we did we it. We did it. We're trying to get better at that. Just in Thanks case. for tuning in. We'll yeah. see you next week. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. That's don't, such don't a bad joke and I make it a lot and it's not funny. Yeah. This week, we are so delighted to have just an amazing, beautiful, spectacularly intelligent woman, a friend, a work partner, a friend a, of all clams, I a feel. A friend of all clams, <laughs> all clams, an inspiration, a political activist, I will say, yeah. just an all-around badass Alexis Boozer Sterling. Yeah, welcome. Do you have a a middle name? Do you have four names? (laughs) No, I don't. Oh, you don't? No, I never had a middle name growing up, so Boozer became my middle name. Fun fact. Yeah, fun fact. No middle name. Well, now I do. Yeah. Now you do. It's Boozer, so you can't go wrong. (laughs) Great. Yeah. Did we miss any facts about you? I always am like, you're also welcome to introduce yourself in case we missed anything. No, I I like that. I would have been really awkward about it. And I wouldn't have called myself spectacular. Well, you are spectacular. By all means, (laughs) intro away. Um, Well, today's theme is reproductive rights. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Which, I mean, to be honest, I can't believe it took us this long to get here. Yeah. (laughs) And I... Because they're under attack like every every dang day. Every every day. Every dang day. Um... I don't know if you guys follow Planned Parenthood on social media, but they are my favorite because they're also funny. Yeah, very funny. They also post, like, amazing memes. And they're also, like, if they got to put those birds up and say F you, they do it. Their social media is so good. Yeah, I'm I'm impressed with with feminist social media right now. Yeah. It's very fun. It's very fun, and it's very – I mean, I I think it's a really – it's good catharsis when everything else is so loud, too. Like, there's been some really – I appreciate the the brands and the organizations that can be can be a little sassy about all of it. Who are your favorite accounts to follow? Oof. Um, oh, in terms I, of brands, I put you on the spot. I, okay, so I love Planned Parenthood. That's mm-hmm. what that's one of my top ones. Anyway, um, Merriam-Webster. Really? Whoa, oh I my gotta god! Follow them. You got to. It's it's amazing. It's, it was really great toward the end of the election and then in the first couple months of the transition they just trolled the administration oh my god that's amazing and and constantly or because i i guess they track you know what people are looking what words? up yeah that's so cool. so when you have a buzzword in a speech or something like that and people start to google it merriam webster jumps on it but they also i mean like you know they subtweet sean spicer all day 
That's amazing. I must yeah. follow. You have to follow. And, it, and, it's, and it's hilariously witty because it's, yeah. it's the dictionary. That's yeah. so good. Mm-hmm. Did they troll Ivanka being like, well, I don't know what uh, definition of complicit yes, is. Yes, I believe they tweeted the <laughs> definition of complicit. Good, good. Yeah. yeah. It's amazing how many people like to, that's their go-to right now. Well, I, well, in what context? What's the definition? It's Jesus. like they're in a spelling bee. No, you are elected <laughs> officials. You're not in a spelling bee. You, you're not supposed to ask for the definition. You should know it. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, I, I I feel like we have to get serious quickly because I want to give Alexis like all the time of this podcast. I also can hear some sort of loudspeaker in the next room, so I'm just there will be improv going on during our very serious podcast. Always, I think that's there always it'll is. be it'll yeah. be it'll be moments of levity. Sometimes they scream and it's like, does somebody get murdered? It's just improv, guys. They're just <laughs> yes ending the hell out of those scenes. <laughs> yes and yeah yeah. Um, so there's like no proper segue okay. to yes and into this. <laughs> well, <laughs> maybe just like thank you. Yeah, thank for you for being here and wanting sure. to talk about something your story. so personal. Yeah, well, I think so. I think I think that it actually is the perfect segue because, like, I called my husband on the way here and was like, "I'm really nervous," and he was like, "Yeah, but that's why you're doing it, right?" And that you know, it's the segue is there is no segue. Yeah, this is a this is a complicated topic. Uh, especially when when it's experienced personally, uh, and one of the reasons I wanted to do this with you guys is I'm terrified to talk about this stuff in public mm-hmm. with friends, with family, much less strangers. I mean, I feel like I should be walking around with a sign in my head that's like, you know, had a bunch of miscarriages, not responding to emails, mm-hmm. like yeah. just so like the world <laughs> knows that I'm a little checked out and this is the way it is. But yeah. it's yeah, it's a weird subject to broach, and then to get into the the politics of it's just amazing how much emotional weight it carries and it just like shows me how uncomfortable we are as a culture talking about these kind of issues talking about be it abortion be it miscarriages be it pregnancy complications I feel like there's this cloud of that's an area that I can't ask you about or we can't talk about or how do we how do we navigate these bridges and um because you want to respect people's privacy and whatever emotional process they need to go through. But on the other hand, like sometimes it, it seems to me as someone who's never been <laughs> pregnant um, that it, it might contribute to this stigma or to that feeling that you should, th- that you should feel marked for whatever this yeah. experience was that you had or, right. or there's a specific reaction that you're supposed to have to something. Right. Well, and I think it's, you know, the, the complication happens too because it's, it's so tricky to broach. Um, but my experience has been it's I'm I am now I'm now redefined by this like you know I'm gonna go through my life and 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 this won't be so you know so hurtful but but right now like this is this is the definition also like pregnancy takes a long time yeah so so it's you know I mean we haven't filled in the blanks but but the reality is last year I spent the majority of the year 2016 pregnant carrying nothing to term and 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 I don't know how to account for that mm-hmm. because you also aren't supposed to tell people right right so so you said I feel like I didn't exist last year beyond you know, because even the people who did know then I wasn't pregnant right and then you have to re assess who you are and who you are mm-hmm. to the people around you who are, who are now 
you know, walking on eggshells because they're not sure how you're going to process. Yeah. So it's just, it's, it's all complicated and we just don't talk about it. And, right. and when I've opened my mouth and said something, cause I felt like I had to, especially in like a world of social media, cause I couldn't figure out how to post. Cause everyone's posting baby boots and, <gasps> you know, all over the uh, place. Sonograms coming out of a, of a thingy. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Pink or blue, you know, people share everything. It's, it's, I, I don't every... think I'll ever share the sonogram if I ever have a child. I don't think I'm ever going to do that. Just it's, FYI world. I won't do that to you. It's, a, it's an interesting, <laughs> it's an interesting question. I mean, like we had, we had, you know, cause my husband and I spend, you know, time thinking about what we're putting out into the public. Yeah. You know, space because, because, you know, he's an actor and, 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 and we had talked about not sharing our pregnancy on Facebook, like on Twitter. We wouldn't, we wouldn't, we were just weren't going to talk about it for a long time. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, we ended up coming back around after my second miscarriage and we sat around and we, and we discussed it cause I just was like, I can't post the happy pictures cause that stuff's not happening. Right. But I, but now I feel like I don't exist on social media because it's just, you know, I'm not posting anything, and and I, you know, I felt like I needed to share this new identity, and so I, I posted about uh, the the loss of second pregnancy, and and what was, you know, crazy cool at the end of the day was how many people reached out, mm -hmm. um, but how many women reached out and said. I've had, you know, two miscarriages, three miscarriages. This happened to me. This happened to me. I'm pregnant right now and I'm nervous. Yeah. Like, how do you get how do you get over the fact that you have to like reach the date at which you lost yeah. the last one when you're right. pregnant yeah. with the second one? Like that that kind of anxiety. Like it's it's an enormous amount of of anxiety and 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 constant thought. That, that microphone is so loud. I'm so sorry. In yeah, the next over room. the next room. Yeah. yeah. Um, I almost feel like we have to plug Nerdist. Nerdist Schoolios are getting their own television <laughs> shows, and I think that they're practicing them tonight, which oh, is shit. why we are hearing that. You can watch them on Alpha, and then also listen to our podcast because we're grateful to be here. That's all I got to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is a good time. I'm going to pause you real quick because Lindsay and I have context for this conversation. But would yeah. you mind backing up and just providing like a yeah. little bit of context, no, whatever that, yeah. you're, whatever you're comfortable sharing? Because yeah, it's I don't want yeah no sure yeah um, yeah we jumped into it and I realized that just right or um, if even you want to get in a bit to what you actually decided to share when you put up those messages as well. Yeah, yeah. sure. Um, so the first pregnancy I had last year, um, I lost it eight weeks. Mm -hmm. I, I, we were trying to get pregnant, so I knew I was pregnant because I was like, you know, waiting Checking. to miss my period yeah. with the with the pregnancy stick ready to go. So I knew I was pregnant, miscarried pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. um, and so that was a roller coaster of really, you know, great excitement. We didn't share it with a lot of people. Um, and then it was over and can that, I, oh, yeah. Can I, can I ask what that, that experience physically was? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah. And, and, and that, I think that's important too. Right. So it's, um, the way physically what happened was obviously we were trying to get pregnant. I think I missed my period by a day. Um, and and was like, oh, oh, right, right. We're, we're, we tried. We're, we're try I could be pregnant. Had the pregnancy test, like, ready to go. Yeah. Uh, was pregnant. Uh, wasn't expecting to suddenly be like, oh, shit. Mm -hmm. I am pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> and I. And this was your first pregnancy. For, for, yeah. And yeah. I, I kind of lost my mind for a second. Which then upset me because I was like, oh, God, as a woman, I'm supposed to be excited. Yeah. That's what, what you were try trying for as That's well. That's a whole right. thing yeah. right well, there, it, right? It happened so fast. 
Uh, and <laughs> for further context, it was the day after the two of the three of us met, or I met with the two of you about Super Slut. And uh, so when I we had, were in the meeting, at, like when we were there at that office. You mean it was the day after that? No, at no, no. Our re- yeah. When, when, yeah. when we met for the when we met her for the first oh time. Oh my yeah. goodness! Oh so wow! So I, wow. you know, it was part of this thing. Was like, wait, I just I not to do this new project. I'm busy. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm pregnant. What? Um, and I just it you know we got pregnant faster than I thought we would. Mm-hmm. So so it was kind of shocking. And then and then after you know a couple hours passed and I got excited, uh, and telling my husband was really excited because exciting because he was so thrilled. Um, so watching him get to be really yeah. excited was fun. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, you know, a couple weeks in, I was spotting a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, I'm fortunate. I have a family friend uh, who's a gynecologist and so, or an OBGYN, and so I called him. Like, he's, he's great because he's 24 hours access. Mm-hmm. And I called him, and I explained what was going on. And he was like, could be normal. You know, mm-hmm. if you feel cramps, call me back mm-hmm. or call your doctor. And I had not even met my gynecologist at this time. Right. Like, because, you know, you call and you say you're pregnant. And they're like, great, we'll see you at nine weeks. Right. Um, and I'd never even met her. So I, I spotted no cramping, no cramping, no cramping, and then, and then had basically what, you know, what was, you know, like a period mm-hmm. and, and knew that that was, yes. that that was bad and, and called Michael and said, this is what's happening. And, and he confirmed it. It was, mm-hmm. it was, it was obvious mm-hmm. that I passed tissue right to the point where I was like, oh, that's, is, that's it. Is. Yeah. Um, no cramping. Wow. You know, it didn't get, it didn't get crazy. It didn't get significant. Yeah. I, you know, it, it, it was bizarrely yeah. low key. Yeah. Um, and because it was a weekend, the recommendation from my gynecologist was go to the ER because I, I had not seen a doctor. So no one knew why I had a miscarriage. Mm-hmm. The odds are, you know. Just, it was just chromosomal. It's really common, right? Yeah. It's way oh, more okay. common. Okay, so we than should say that, that too, right? Yeah. So it's twenty five percent of preg- pregnancies end in miscarriage. So it's and that's wildly high. That's yeah. wildly. It's wildly high. high, and it's and it usually happens the really f- early on. It's usually is there a statistic for the first time? Is that more common for your first pregnancy? Yeah, I don't. I don't think it is. I don't that's think that that's. I don't think that that actually plays a part. Yeah. Especially because at some point age plays a factor, mm-hmm. so I think that probably ends up skewing that right. data. Right. Um, yeah, I don't think there's anything like about like your body hasn't done it before, so uh, it yeah. right, so right. it doesn't work. Um, but you know what what I got out of it was because because fortunately I had this I had this family friend who was able to walk me through it all, and he, he was able to rationalize it really quickly. Which I'm I'm good with, like, especially in moments of panic. Yeah. <laughs> like if you can if you can calm me down and, and intellectualize it, yeah. I I can handle it. So he was like, you know, chromosomally that wasn't going to be a healthy baby, and your body took care of it. Um, Which is kind of beautiful and miraculous, it right? It is. Like it is. Like, and I think, you know, through all of this, through all of the devastation of of miscarriages, uh, like. It makes it makes seeing people who have beautiful, healthy children really, really magical. Like yeah. that's astounding. Yeah. So, so that's the silver lining. Is like when it does happen. Yeah. You know, it's, magic. it's, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um. So that was my first pregnancy, and it and it yeah, it was sort of super high, super low, um, and not too attached mm-hmm. to the experience. So. I didn't know anything else. And then uh, we got pregnant again in the fall. Um, 
I felt completely different. Like the way I felt sick was different. The way uh. my body felt felt different. I, I didn't spot at all. Um, I got through the eight weeks, which was nerve wracking because sure. I was just counting down. I just wanted to get past eight weeks. Got past eight weeks, went to the doctor um, to hear the heartbeat for the first time at nine weeks, 10 weeks, um, which was amazing mm-hmm. and incredible. And yeah. my husband, you know, couldn't stop crying. And that was so cool. Yeah. Um, it's like a movie moment. It, yeah. it totally yeah. was. It yeah. was, And it was great. And it was big sigh of relief because we made it that far. Mm-hmm. And the doctor said, it. you know, that's a great heartbeat. Um, we hit almost three months and we told immediate family and my, my dad and my stepmom were in town for my like three month appointment. So we took them with us. Um, heartbeat again, sounded good. Got a due date. Everybody was excited. My dad was like beside himself, excited to be a grandparent for the first time. Um, so that's an overwhelming amount of reality, I feel like, right Yeah. There. Yeah, and, and first trimester. First, yeah. right? And that's <sighs> the thing, right? Because we, we tell people, don't tell anybody until the first trimester is over because, you know, you never, odds are. if you're gonna If you're going to yeah. have a miscarriage, usually it's, it's in that first trimester. Yeah. So, yeah, you think, like, it was an enormous weight lifted. You, you think you're in the clear. Um, and, you know, and you, and you just, if you've never done it before, you've just never done it before. Like you just don't, you don't know the difference between right. the ultrasounds that right. you're, that you're going in for. And so what happened was we went into my OBGYN's office, um, with her, you know, small ultrasound, heard the heartbeat on a Monday, took, had some blood drawn, uh, at that time to test for like, like potentially fatal birth defects. Uh, we didn't opt in for you know, full chromosomal testing. We didn't want to know. My, you know, my husband and I had sat down and said, like, if we were to discover mm-hmm. that the baby had a problem, Down syndrome, something like that, which they test for really early, you know, would we, would we want to keep the baby? Would, you know, what would we do going forward, blah, blah, blah. And both of us were like, look at our ages. Odds are we're not going to have six kids. Right. And you, do you mind saying your age? Oh, no, no. Yeah. I'm 30, I'm 35 mm-hmm. uh, now. And my husband's 45. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so, you know, clock's ticking big time mm-hmm. we don't have a lot of time to waste and we both had you know we both decided you know even though I've always been pro-choice um it didn't mean that you know I was going to be flippant about like oh I don't want this one right and so we both said right. and we talked because through it and we were like how pro-choice works yeah. <laughs> right right, right. <laughs> which which I, which I put in the list of things to yeah, talk about because that, that drives me crazy yeah and this is part of what's what really affected I mean I, I had always thought of myself as being pro-woman, pro-choice, and politically active, and and these experiences, like, rocked my world in terms of how I I relate to the political argument Mm -hmm. of reproductive rights. So, um, but yeah, so we had decided as a couple, you know, we don't want to know. We don't want to know if the the kid is a carrier for something because also that's thing those things don't always present. We don't want to know. We just want to have a baby. Mm -hmm. We're going to love it no matter what. Um, And... Uh, so we did a quick little blood test, which really tests for like four main, you know, some potentially fatal defects. Uh, we sent off for that. That was a Monday. Wednesday, I went in for my my big gun ultrasound. And I, you know, not knowing the difference. By the time I got into that ultrasound, I was like, oh, my God, my OBGYN's ultrasound is like an Etch-a-Sketch. Like, yeah. it's so vastly different because the big ultrasound yeah. that you get at 13 weeks is like 3D. Mm-hmm. What did it, what did it? 
what do they look like? It's crazy. Yeah. I, just, I should have see brought... expressions now. It's insane. It, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, you really can, like they can move around. I feel like you can see what that baby looks like in those ones. It's right, it's crazy. Which is also, yeah. which was also really fortunate for us going deeper into this once we discovered that there was an issue with the pregnancy, because the first ultrasound they were only able to determine that there was a major warning sign, which is the neck was too thick, which meant that mm. the baby had fluid in the neck, which means there's probably some sort of cardiovascular issue because the blood's not pumping correctly, so there's swel- there's swelling in the baby. And normally, uh, normal is three millimeters or under for the, for the width of the neck. And, and, like, we went in for the ultrasound, and, you know, we were like, maybe we'll find out the sex. Yeah. You know, we were talking about baby names on the way there because we just had two days earlier, we'd heard the heartbeat was great. And we had a technician who who took measurements for a very long time, not saying anything to us. And she wasn't the doctor. She was a UCLA medical student who was amazing. She was really great through the process. But she sat there and she obviously was sitting there with complete knowledge that something was terribly wrong. And she eventually got up and left and the doctor came in and right off the bat was like, so the heartbeat's okay. Which, <laughs> which is a big moment of like, wait, what? Wait, yeah. okay. You know, and I'm looking at the screen, and it's a baby. I see yeah. a baby. Yeah. It's you know, it's a little blobular because mm-hmm. it's still so young, but like, it's a baby, and and like she was moving her hands, like you could see fingers. You could see, like we were joking that she was waving at us, and and the doctor came in and said, I'm just gonna be straight with you. Like there is a very serious problem, and she went thankfully straight to the to the numbers. Here's what here's what's happening. Um, so she was her neck was at seven, between seven and eight millimeters. So obviously, significantly yeah. impaired. And and they they very quickly like a team of doctors came in and they all kind of swarmed us and said you need to stay and talk to a genetic specialist, Ugh. who ran us through what it could be. How overwhelming! Um, it was totally overwhelming. It was nuts. I mean, what we thought was going to be like an hour long appointment, we were there for like five hours. Oh my gosh! Because they had to do it. They did an emergency sort of. Um, what's it called? A CVS. It's like an it's like an amniocentesis, right. um, but it's a different needle. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so they put a ten inch needle in my abdomen. Jesus. Um, to take to take samples and and it was. So that's to take a sample of the chi- child tissue. It's it's not 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 the child tissue. It's like, the, it's. <laughs> the, it's I know and nothing I about medicine. Gonna, <laughs> no, and I and I shouldn't I shouldn't even get too deep into it because I'm not even. It, so I, I it's it's not an amniocentesis, so it's not the amniofluid. It's something like that though, and it's, you know, it's yeah, it's to get a really fast read on the chromosomes of the baby, um, not you know because all those other tests you take the mom's blood if she's a carrier for something you take the dad's blood if he's a carrier then you start putting things together and you build this thing and you you determine whether or not there's a problem, whereas a CVS or an amniocentesis is is quick straight to the fetus you know what's the what's the what are the chromosomes that are in the fetus and so it was determined I mean they knew at that appointment they had a really good guess they guessed that it was a syndrome called Turner syndrome it did turn out to be that we had to wait for a full week for the full results um which meant that she only had it did mean it meant that she was a she right um which was exciting because I had taken her to Beyonce and I you know (laughs) I knew she was a she as I was carrying her I was pretty sure and I voted with her yeah oh my I did. I voted. I voted for what for who I hoped would be the first female president. Yeah, with uh, with my with my baby girl. So I, it was confirmed she was a girl, um, and she had to be because she only had one sex chromosome. So that's that's what Turner syndrome is. Um, and they told us right off the bat. They said it's a ninety nine percent chance of miscarriage, um, and 
and my left brain was like, okay, that's not good, you know, and asked a lot of questions, and mm-hmm. and they and they, you know, they put they put termination out there really quickly on yeah. that day, yeah. as as a as a probable uh, outcome, and uh, and it, you know, for as as academic as I am, I still went home that night and was like, but what if there were the one percent? Right. <laughs> like, what if we're the one percent? Right. And then spent the next, you know, and it, it ended up being five weeks. I spent the next five weeks online, basically, like researching, like what are what is the actual chance that we're in the one percent? Um, which was nuts because most people who most babies who are born with Turner, they discover they have Turner at birth. Yeah. Because the babies look slightly different. Mm-hmm. Um, not much. It's actually not a you know. It's not a. It's not a terminal. Uh, it's not a terminal syndrome in child in children that make it to term, um, but they don't present at 12, 13 weeks. So the right. fact that she was so obviously impaired at 12, 13 weeks was a really big indicator. And that, you know, they laid all all the options for us, and then I was like, you know, I'm not comfortable making a decision today. Obviously, yeah. Uh, and my doctors were really supportive about letting me make my own way through that decision process and what we decided to do was wait for essentially what what would have been an early 20-week ultrasound because you don't do another big ultrasound until 20 weeks we pushed it up a little bit so I think it was like 17 weeks when I had the what would have been the 20-week ultrasound because they can see all four chambers of the heart at that point Mm -hmm. so if if the syndrome had uh, had meant that her heart didn't fully form they would know for certain at that at that stage so uh, we elected to do that. So I spent the next month walking around, getting getting more pregnant, getting bigger. I mean, not, you know, I had a teeny little tiny mm-hmm. baby bump. You're a very slight woman. Well, um, it, was most, it was mostly bloating. That's the other thing that they don't tell you about pregnancy. <laughs> Are you pregnant or just eat a loaf oh of bread? <laughs> um, no, I got, there was a guy, I, went, I got takeout at one point. Just just over three months, mm-hmm. not showing, but I went for takeout, and the guy was like, "Oh my god, you have the cutest baby bump!" And I was like, "Palsy, oh. palsy, like, dude." Excuse me. <laughs> You're lucky I'm pregnant because yeah. this is actually bloat. I mean, I actually am pregnant, but that's not a baby. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. that's just the discomforts of Gentlemen a first trimester. Listening. <laughs> Never ask a woman if she's pregnant. Like, that should be a, a no-brainer. Also, everyone, like before you touch the belly, you gotta ask. Mm. You gotta be yeah. chill. Just don't comment on women's bodies in general. Just like as a rule. Yeah. Unless you're my bar teacher. Yeah. Yeah. Don't. Right. Unless or you're my like, boyfriend. <laughs> he can touch too. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Or Lindsay. <laughs> <laughs> or you. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, so you know, so that was our experience, and and by the time we went in for the next ultrasound, they were able to determine that her heart was in heart failure. Like she was not, she was not, and this is something that that's also weirdly like profound about the human body, is they were like that's not, that's not her body. That's keeping her alive. That's your body. That's keeping her alive. So you know, at this point, like there is no. She's on life support. Yeah. Yeah, she's in, and and she will not, the heart will not grow at this point. It's only going to degenerate. Um, so there's you know, that one percent was poof. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, and that was all. It was all right at the time that Ohio was <sighs> discussing the heartbeat bill, um, which was which was an interesting outlet for me. I think too because I was very 
controlled and very, I mean, my husband kept commenting, like, you can fall apart if you need to. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I kept myself buoyed by, by doing research and, like, talking to people. Like, I found a, I found a group online, you know, for women who had lost babies oh, with great. Turner. And women who had just lost babies. I mean, it's, it's such a, having had a surprise miscarriage and then having had a pregnancy where someone said, you will miscarry. Yeah. And having to live with that every day, like it's a it's a very different process, and and I found a lot of comfort in in this online chat room that I found with other women who had been through the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Do you know what it's called? Just in case uh, anyone listening is, I'll find it for you guys. Yeah. And, and okay. let you know. We'll link it. Yeah. Um, or something similar. Yeah, because it's yeah, it was, it's just something you can't you can't understand until you're until you're in it, and it's and it, I would understand. You still don't understand it. Um, but yeah, it helped to have other people, but I, but I, I tried to sort of process it intellectually. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and when I fell apart, I fell apart because of the heartbeat bill. Yeah. Um, because I mean the name and people talking about the heartbeat and is that then it is a life and I mean, right. Do you want to, should we briefly explain what the heartbeat bill is yeah. was so in in Ohio um, and it was struck down. Mm-hmm. Uh, Governor Kasich did not sign it, um, although they, they did sign another abortion bill at the same time, um, limiting D and E's after twenty weeks. Uh, so D and E is dilation and evacuation, mm-hmm. which is the process by which a baby is removed from a body that's not ready to give birth. Right. Um, so it is the process. It is the medical procedure when we talk about abortions. Mm-hmm. It's also the medical procedure that's required when you have a miscarriage and you're too early on in your in your pregnancy your for your body to, to go into labor. Right. Mm-hmm. So when states nowadays are attempting to outlaw DNA altogether, what they're saying is that women who miscarry still have to take their babies to term. That's so viciously cruel. So cruel. And I, I'm again, I'm not a doctor, but I would think that there, in some level, could be medical consequences for the mother carrying the child on occasion. Absolutely. Yes. And it's, it's, it's extremely high risk for your body to, first of all, what was explained to me was that it, because my body was life support for the fetus, uh, it, it's taxing on my body. So the longer I carried the baby... Even if she was technically still alive because she had a heartbeat, if that's what your determination of, of being alive is, is, then and at that point I would have I would have jumped right in and said, absolutely, she's alive. That's my baby. <laughs> so, so you know, yeah, it, it's easy to be an advocate when when you when you had when you haven't had one inside of you, yeah. and then and then you suddenly realize like that's different. But but um, it, it's it's taxing on the body. And it's also very dangerous for your body if you're not ready to give birth uh, to have a stillborn. Like, to have a stillborn baby is a strain on your body. Mm-hmm. So, And sometimes, is it, am I correct in saying sometimes will result in cesarean section yes, also? And, yeah. and can result in infertility yeah. also. So there's an, there's an enormous amount of risk with just... When, even if it's a natural miscarriage, getting the baby out safely without the mother suffering long-term damage is 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 a concern. So, um, so when they talk about making women carry to term, a lot of times the the 
the the verbiage that gets that gets discussed in committee when they're talking about these legislative me measures. Um, a lot of times they say unless there's fatal risk to the mother. Uh, first of all, great. If there is fatal risk to the mother, you absolutely should be able to consider termination. You absolutely should be able to consider a D&E instead of trying to wait for your body to, or trying to induce labor at that stage when your body's not ready to go into labor. So, so I, I'm glad that the legislators out there are considering that, that there's a fatal risk. I was not a fatal risk. It was not potentially, at that moment, it was not fatal right. for me. That's such an extreme well, diagnostic criteria. Here's the other this thing. This mother has to die right, in order to I, be treated like, humanely. If you get all the way to the end of term and you're and then the there's complications in getting your child out, hey, guess what? It's going to be a fatal risk for everybody. Right. It's like at the moment a mom has to go under cesarean section whatever, it's like that it's all, and it's also unnecessary expense, unnecessary everything. Right. It's like Unbelievable, right? And it can, <laughs> and, it, and it can, you can have a complication that, that renders you incapable of getting pregnant or or, or delivering again. ever again. And yeah. and you know, and if it if if you have a baby that is that is has already died, a baby that is going to die, the longer you wait, yeah, the more complications you face as a, as a woman. And and I, you know, I'm at least glad that that they are having discussions about. You know, hey, what does this really mean when you say you're that banning some of the legislators DNA? know how the female body possibly well, works? Well, that's another Maybe? crazy thing, right? Because <laughs> it's, it's just, there's an overwhelming number of of, of audio and, and video clips. The baby is pulled out that... of your stomach, right? <laughs> your belly button? That's, that's what I thought. It's, it comes it, from? And it's put there by the store. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, no, no. The store gets it out? I don't, I don't remember. know how that works. It just magically is in there somehow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's and know. that's the thing. I mean, you know, we <laughs> there are the the people who are discussing this, the people who are proposing. It's something. I mean, I have I have the numbers someplace. I do know that of the forty six pieces of legislation that were uh, that were put up in January, there were forty six pieces of legislation about abortion alone in January because wow. everybody was emboldened by Trump's administration. Right. Um, so conservatives, Mr. Mike Pence. Yes, number one fans. fan of abor of abortion. <laughs> so, oh, um, all all forty six pieces of, this legis of legislation were written by men. Of course, I mean you're going to get that anyway the, because of the the gender breakdown in our in our Congress. But but still, it's um, yeah, it's it's people who don't understand. And I was at least glad that that they were talking about uh, Oklahoma. Was it Oklahoma or Iowa? Clarified in committee what they really meant by, you know, at risk for the mom. Right. You know, so I, it's good that people are talking about it. But at the same time, if you legislate that, that, that certain procedures are illegal, in order to determine that the mother is fatally at risk is a, is a legal process. And this is all based on time. Like, yeah. the longer the mother is pregnant, the more dangerous it is. The longer she goes, I mean, you know, if, if 20 weeks is sort of the bar... And, and 20 weeks is the bar because 24 weeks is is when a baby is considered viable, mm -hmm. which is not also sketchy because yeah, it's yeah, that's not, very risky. Yeah, so um, so everybody everybody cuts off at 20 weeks, um, and uh, it's good that people are talking about it, but it but it's it's still if you legislate that it's illegal, that would mean that a mother need, would need to go to court to prove <laughs> that she's at risk, right? 
and she doesn't have the time to do that. Like by the time she's done that, she's 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 delivering a stillborn baby. We're looking baby. at Roe versus Wade all over again. By the right. time if you like look want to look at the court process, or right. to the point that before a decision is made, the baby is here, or you right. had a C-section, or the baby's dead. Like one right. of the three things. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so it's a tricky process, and that's you know it's again this is this is where it it changed me. I mean, I've always been you know, an advocate for a woman's right to choose. But but we just, it's amazing to me having been through it uh, that, the, that the politicized version of, of abortion as a one-word description uh, and, an, and an, you know, an overarching, you know, generalization for this procedure um, has nothing to do with what physically is happening to the to the women and the babies who are at risk. Yeah, it's you know it's crazy. I mean the fact that oh so I didn't even say this. So my first this and this is a good example I guess. Uh, my first miscarriage at eight weeks. I went I told you I went to the emergency room mm-hmm. um, to get checked out, and I was there for twelve hours. Jesus. Um, and when I finally left, they gave me a piece of paper like I had my discharge papers, and they gave me my file. And I, I'm flipping through it as I'm walking out of the hospital, and it says, it says diagnosis, complete abortion. And I lost my shit. Like, sat down, cried uncontrollably in the parking lot. Hmm. Because it, I did not realize that that was the same term. Like, abortion just means miscarriage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's crazy how someone who has been pro-choice her entire life, mm-hmm. that cultural stigma gets in you so exactly right and that was that was an eight-week miscarriage where i would look down and was like oh i'm bleeding there's a period right yeah faced with your baby won't make it we don't know how long it'll take for her to pass on her own you know you need to consider all of the options was was mind-blowing and that brings in, you know, the conversation of of, of pro-choice is is, a, is an accurate term because it means you you are you are an advocate for the right to determine the fate of your body and the fate of your of your fetus, right? Whereas pro-life, it's bullshit. Well, right, because because whose life? N- no one jumps up and says <laughs> even even women who didn't want to get pregnant, don't want to have children, have a pregnancy don't want to keep it. I don't know anybody who who has made that choice lightly. No. You know, and and it and it leaves out an enormous population of of women who suffer miscarriages. It leaves all those women out. We don't talk about them at all. One abortion does not fit all. <laughs> no. 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 You know, and it was what was crazy was when I when I went in for the DE, because again I was I was 18 weeks pregnant there was no shot at me going into labor mm-hmm. <laughs> so you you came to the conclusion to terminate I, I mean I, I didn't even need to right they that was the conclusion yeah her, her heart was not formed we, we saw it on the ultrasound we waited that long which was against medical recommendations anyway right um but I needed the closure of knowing but under some of these laws these bills if they would have passed into law you wouldn't have had an option yeah. In those states. If you yeah. lived in a different state. Oh, yeah. 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 You would have a baby yeah. in you that didn't have a formed heart. Yeah. Yeah. Right now, you would. 
Yeah. You guys, gosh, <laughs> that, that had not even occurred to me. Mm-hmm. I would be sitting here eight months pregnant, right. waiting to give birth to a stillborn baby. If we lived in Ohio, if we lived in... Yeah. Yeah. Possibly Indiana yeah. in the very near future. That's yeah. truly yeah. twisted. So, yeah. so it's, you know, and that's the thing. Like, you know, what I, what I was, oh, so what I was fascinated by was when I, when I had to go in for my procedure, um, the checklist for why you were there was like, I should have brought it. It was like seven or eight options. Because you could have seven or eight different reasons Type. for being yeah. there for that same procedure. Yeah. You know, it's... Why do they make you define why you're there? Um, honestly, I'm not quite sure. If, I don't know if there's a medical reason for it. Um, I thought that maybe it was bec- it was for st- the staff to know. Um, oh, different, like, check-in, for, just, like, for, like, administrative. Yeah, and, and, yeah, and I think... Even for them to help you psychologically, I think, you mean? Yeah, no, I, yeah. Think, I think it was about the level of care that they offered. Like, right. Everyone, I, you know, I walked in for my, you know, for my appointment and I sat down in a private room. It's all very like private and, Mm -hmm. and, and personal and they, you know, they take good care of you. But I signed in and I filled out my forms and I handed my forms off. And then, and the next time I spoke to someone, I spoke to someone who clearly knew that I was there with a pregnancy that I wanted that wasn't viable and everyone treated me with, you know, with wonderful care, knowing that I was devastated to be in that situation. Um, where is, you know, if I checked the box, it said that, you know, it was an unwanted pregnancy. And I was, you know, and I was like, you know, still, you know, in the first trimester. I'm not sure that, you know, I don't think anybody would have treated me poorly. Um, but I'm sure women I'm not, have been treated. I mean, we're in California, so you know, and that's another thing too. Like, like I was really, I was really aware the entire time that, even though I was sort of walking around, and you know, I'm walking around with a stigma, just because I hear things on the news, and mm-hmm. and you have being bill, a you woman, have, you have bill. <laughs> what's the name of that bill I put in here? Oh, what is it? There's the name of a bill, and they call it the dis the dismemberment. Abortion bill. Cool. What? Cool terminology, dudes. That's the thing. The dismemberment abortion bill. And that's the thing. Like we are so conditioned in the in the in the political in the politicized abortion fight. We're so conditioned to think of women who were uncaring, who were slutty, who didn't want their babies, who were willing to have their babies ripped apart. Yeah. And it's really frustrating. As a woman who was attempting to get pregnant, who desperately wants a baby, I'm sitting there with my husband who's disappointed through all of this too, mm-hmm. and and someone says, you know, this is the only recourse for you, and this is the procedure that keeps you healthy. Okay. This is the, the moral choice is you cannot wait any longer to have this fetus come out of your body or you are in danger and you're not you're not you're not not thinking about the pictures that people put on their signs to pick at abortion centers like that was a level of trauma that I can't I can't even explain yeah to you know and then you know to sit there later and have it brought up again when you're reading these things and they're calling it the dismemberment bill I understand 
that from a conservative political viewpoint, that feels like a deterrent. If you call it that, women won't want to do it. But there are women who want children, who have to have that procedure. And I'm, it doesn't, I mean, you could have the most clear-cut miscarriage. The baby still has to come out of your body, and your body's not ready to deliver. Yeah. No one wants to think about dismemberment. It's a really harrowing experience. Yeah. And, and, and that's, again, it's, this, it's that swath of women also, what, that a, maybe, what a terrible, inaccurate misnomer. I mean, yeah. that's not what it is. No, right. Yeah. Right. No. And I, yeah, I understand, you know, I, I understand that, that, that the shock value of the terminology and the, it gets your point across when you're, when you're making a political argument, but this, but this is real life and it's people's health mm-hmm. and it's people's lives. Yeah. And, and, and again, I don't also mean to discount by saying like we're forgetting the swath of women in the middle who were affected by, you know, black or white abortion or not. Right. Um, like you're not trying to shame people who don't want to be pregnant. Exactly. You yeah. also can still not want to be pregnant. Absolutely. I'm, I'm fully 100%. supportive. But I, you should but have I, a choice yeah. whether or not you want to have a baby sure, regardless. Yeah. Right. That Currently is essential in the to being United a free United States of America, individual. it's a legal right. Right now it is a legal right in the United States right. of America. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, it is it is violence against women to make them get well, pregnant and deliver a baby. And that's the other thing too. Like I, you know, in terms of the the misnomers, you know, where everything just gets so so you know so politicized that it's not it's not based in reality anymore. Yeah. The you know the 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 pro life, you know, defense of 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 fetal tissue. Uh, and babies. <sighs> And babies, um, it's but all like you'll non-viable. Never, well, you'll just non-viable. Yeah, but you'll you'll also just never you'll never convince me that that the particularly men who rail about wanting to save the babies, I, like they're not they're not even claiming to stay up at night thinking about I would like about to the deliver mothers. all the unwanted babies directly to those men. Well, <laughs> there's that too, right? Right. There's. I mean, there's that argument. If you're yeah. pro, if you're pro life, you need to be pro welfare. You need to be pro right. You yeah. need to take care of women who who do who are single mothers. You you know we need to have better social services. But time but off I also for working like, moms. I mean, just there's we unfortunately we live in a country where it's difficult. It is not mm-hmm. easy to be a mother right. in the United States of America right now. Right. It's not easy. Yeah. Yeah, and we don't, and we you never hear anybody breathe at, breathe the word of the moms. Like, no. you know, what about the women who are, you know, who are suffering, you know, major health complications because of their pregnancies? Like, we don't, we don't reach out to them. The, you know, the, no one's advocating. So, why do you think it is such a stigma for us to talk about this? You know, I, it's I think it's having experienced something like this just makes me realize how, how common it has to be, right? And it is. I mean, we, we you can look at the statistics, too. It's common. Um, so it's mind, it's mind-blowing on a level that I, did, I just didn't consider before. And it's, I mean, I think the problem is, you know, we market our politics in a way that's buzzwords and visuals and, and, and everything is... Politics is entertainment right now. Well, it totally is, too. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's worse than, it's, than it ever has been. Yeah. Um, and we just, like, we just don't get out of the sensationalism enough to really talk about the human experience of it. 
and and it's and you know and and people are suffering because of that yeah. but the, yeah the stigma the stigma comes from the politics of it for sure that's why i think what you're doing is so powerful in, in talking about it I mean, we haven't even broached the subject that you're from Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't. And that your father is in politics. My father is in politics. <laughs> uh, no, we no, we have not even discussed yeah. it. Yeah, and that's and that's in there too. You know, there's the, and and that's not just me. I mean, we all have, you know, we all have cons- more conservative members of family of our family of our friends. You know, where you where you don't know how someone's going to take something. You know, I I know that I I know that it wasn't as cut and dry as I had an abortion the way people talk about abortions when they're talking about horrendous, horrific, unforgivable, unethical things. Yeah, like that's 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 actually categorically not what I experienced. Right, it's medically not what happened because that's. Oh my God, it, the Nerdist the, is freaking out in the next room right now. I'm just, I'm just losing their minds. All these people are screaming supportive pro, pro-choice. <laughs> in my <laughs> mind, that's what it's going to be. You've signed them all up for the cause. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's, you know, it, but that but that's the crazy thing, right? Is that the, even, the de- even the decision to come on here and talk about this stuff. I mean, my husband and I had to have a conversation. We were like, what if someone starts, you know, someone responds like you killed your baby like that's not what happened in the black and white world of politicized you know women's reproductive rights someone will say that sure someone will say that and it's still it's you know there are more times than not I'm really secure in 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 knowing that I you know I said I was going to cry. <laughs> like, I wanted that little girl. Yeah. And it wasn't even a question of, like, you know, oh, she might have some difficulty. Right. I don't want to put her through that, which also would have been a consideration. I mean, and at 13 totally weeks, reasonable. we talked about that, That's you know. totally reasonable will she to have to choice. have Will she have to have heart surgery once she's born? Right. You know, we considered all that. We talked about all that. And then we, you know, and I still couldn't make a decision. And I still needed to know, you know, I, it was just a personal decision that I needed to go further in the pregnancy to make sure that I didn't have a regret about it, to make sure that I didn't wake up in the middle of the night one night and go, oh my God, what if she was the 1%? Like we had to go far enough in against, again, against medical advice you know, where I went further into the pregnancy to make sure that we knew with, without a shadow of a doubt that, that she was, you know, that her heart, her heart had not formed and it would not form. And it was not, she was not, she was not going to make it. Right. She, you know, and, 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 you know, it, it was, it was, you know, the doctors knew what I was struggling with and, and my doctor very clearly said, you know, the moral choice here, like, I know, I know you're, I know you're really hoping, and I did. Like it's of an so, and what a weird turn, right? When you're pregnant and you're, you know, you, you, last week you were super excited and you were shopping for, you know, for baby clothes and 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 rocking chairs, and you know, we we did this spin where, you know, I'm waking up every morning going, you know, maybe to maybe today's the day that she miscarries on her own. So that I don't have to live with like that, that, and I don't yeah. have to live with the question. And and fortunately, 
it was a it was sort of a perfect mix of we got to the point where they were able to confirm that you know you that she technically wasn't she was they verified that she was in heart failure. You guys let go together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and we got to let go together. Yeah. So, um, you know, but it, yeah, I still have moments of doubt where I and not doubt. Not personal doubt, but doubt of how how, how others will perceive it mm-hmm, and sure. talk about it, and that's exactly why I feel like it's important to talk about. Like this is this is this is the way it works. Yeah. So when you decided to to address this in social media, um, you wrote a really beautiful essay. I just wanted to bring that up in case you did want to read anything from it. No pressure, or if you just want to talk mm. about how you chose to be like, I have to address this because this was a huge part of like a year, almost a year of your life. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, we addressed it in two ways. The first one was because I was I was still pregnant, <laughs> and I was, and I and I already knew she was in danger and uh and this ohio legislation was 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 being talked about in the news and i i lost my mind and like just started to cry and i couldn't stop until the essay was done and i wrote a piece uh to john Kasich. <laughs> i wrote i wrote a letter yeah. to john Kasich and said and said this is this is what you're not considering like this is the, i'm 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 the one who gets dropped between the cracks yeah and and I'm tired of it. And we yeah. shouldn't, you know, for on behalf of other women out there, like, you know, we have to stop this. Like, we have to stop pretending that abortion is about women who were promiscuous and uncaring and, you know, and just didn't want a baby and flippantly. It's making it way too easy. They're trying to let themselves off the hook for right. something that they shouldn't be yeah. let off the hook for. Right. Well, and I, you know, and if you really want to practice compassion, this is what it is. Yeah. It's really, it's really dealing with the actual human in- intricacies it's, of life. It's choosing to, life. to put your dog down when to live is hor- a horrible life for them. Right. It's, it's making yeah. the tough decisions that are more humane. Right. Yeah. There's no black and white. It doesn't, it yeah. doesn't and work. Especially, I mean, especially too with, with the, with, when they get down to the, to the details of these bills and they start talking about, you know, not allowing women to have a D&E ever. God. That's that's ludicrous. I mean, yeah. that just doesn't make any sense. There's 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 also no you're not you're not you're no longer advocating for the for the baby if the baby is deceased. Right. If the baby is deceased, there's there's no reason there's no compassionate reason to to keep it in the womb. Like that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. But well, but because DNA is is the way people who don't want their babies remove their babies. Yeah. We don't want to talk about DNA at all. Right. And, like, I feel like exactly what you are saying before, like, the mixing up of medical terminology and politicizing and anytime any aspect of choice is taken out, like, when Texas was, like, everybody must see their child before they make this choice. Like, anytime choice is taken away from a woman uh, is just, I I lose my mind. I lose my mind. That's another thing. So, (laughs) so, so, so technically, right, my experience, you know, because we had the medical, you know, declaration that she was in heart failure and all this kind of stuff. I, I do believe, based on some things that I've read, that the state of Texas would say that I had a miscarriage. Wow. Mm. That's fascinating. Right. Mm-hmm. And I would have had to bury or cremate. <sighs> right. Fuck them. I, yeah. My baby, too. Like, right. that's another thing. As if thing that, you haven't been through enough. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. And that's, you know, what's, what's really weird about that is that they don't, like, they don't force you to have some, like, weird funereal celebration. Right. So what it really just does is it puts, it, it puts a, t- a tax in terms of like an energy although it costs money too but it just it 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 
you know, it weighs on the on the clinics. Yeah, and this it's, on it's the just system. it's just a bit, yeah, it's, it's just it's an extra expense for the clinics, yeah. you know, again to try and get clinics to, to shut, shut down. down. So, um, but if you want to read any of this piece, I want to give the floor to you. Yeah, so the <laughs> yes. so the so I wrote the piece to 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 Governor Kasich and just to sort of shed some light on the subject and and Refinery29 published it. Um, their publisher over there was amazing. I actually was doing the final edit of this uh, at my uh, 17-week ultrasound. <laughs> um, and so I, you know, after I got the news that the baby was in heart failure, I mean, I had the discussion with my doctor and then I texted the the publisher at, at they're the editor that I was working with at Refinery29 and said, you know, here's, here's the, you know, there's the postscript to the story that we've, that we've been working on. Um, and I, I really, you know, feel very indebted to, to them for, for really sort of snatching the story up and really yeah. taking very good care of me through it. Um, mm-hmm. And I did publish it um, <laughs> semi-anonymously. So, so I blew that out of the water. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then uh, the other thing I did social media wise is I, you know, I eventually just because I felt like I was because I didn't didn't leave my house like I was super depressed and I was really down. And it was, you know, we, you know, we lost her right before Christmas. We ended up having to cancel our Christmas plans because of it. Like I sat at home and didn't leave my house and was like, I don't exist. And I we had taken a cheeky photo at the Women's March when I was pregnant that's uh, how I knew you were pregnant. That we wanted to yeah. be our announcement, which I did send to you guys. Yeah. Um, what was it? Moms, moms against I misogyny. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, and I, I posted it. I decided to go ahead and just post it. And I posted with, you know, a really sort of brief explanation of, you know, basically just saying we lost our pregnancy. Um, and, uh, and this, you know, the support that came out of the woodwork. I mean, it was like, it was like, younger sisters or friends of mine from high school reaching yeah. out. Um, and I had some amazing conversations with women and that was just, that was just the, the eye opening realization that we just like, it's, it really doesn't not touch anybody. Cause even if you haven't had one, you know, someone who has yeah. like everyone, you know, everyone knows someone who's lost a baby and whether or not you have to go through the ordeal of, of dealing with birth defects or abnormalities and things like that, mm-hmm. where it gets, you know, strangely weirdly political it, you know it's still just sad and it's still just such a weird thing to talk about um and like I didn't expect sometimes like I'm fine talking about it sometimes people I'm trying to tell they're visibly uncomfortable yeah. sure um yeah. so it's you know it's just a it, there's a whole lot going on and I just I just feel like it just should we should just I just really want it to I really want to live in a society where where when sad things like this happen okay we, that it's okay to talk about it yeah. Yeah. So you can talk about it um so anyway this piece um do you just want me to read it sure. sure i mean it's not too long yeah that would be beautiful um all right so it's the title is i carry my grief in a visible bump don't ban abortion for women like me um and again this was this was published as the ohio bill was um ooh going to the governor's desk. I love so. how we have a laugh track for this. I know. <laughs> I'm not so sure if you guys so can hear it. Maybe we'll bring it down, but there's a laugh track for yeah. this. Thanks to Nerdist. I know. I, I love I it s- here. I so said moments good. of levi- levity. <laughs> it's a little bizarre, but um, so the, so the preface to this, the editor's note, 
uh, reads, last week, Ohio lawmakers passed legislation that would ban abortion after a fetal heartbeat is detected, which can happen as early as six weeks into a pregnancy. The bill's fate is now in the hands of Republican Governor John Kasich. Ahead, Alexis S. shares a very personal experience urging the governor to veto the proposal. Um, and again, that bill did fail. Um, the 20-week banning uh, D&Es after or abortion after 20 weeks did pass. And there are other states that are currently discussing mm -hmm. this, yeah. as, as well as there's a, there's a federal bill from Rand Paul uh, to alter the Constitution's uh, the, to all the, the Constitution um, incorporating uh, pre, I think, pre-human, is that what they call it? Pre-human life. Um, I don't Christ even want to think too deeply about it after the nuclear option today, but, you know, <laughs> <laughs> we're all going to have to get, take to the streets, ladies. Get ready. Yeah, I'm ready. Yeah. All right, so here's the letter. Uh, Dear Governor Kasich, I'm a 34, at the time I was 34. Uh, by, by the way, it's a real bummer <laughs> to have two miscarriages and then turn 35. That's mean. Yeah. You're like, man. That's so mean. <laughs> so mean. Fuck nature. <laughs> I'm um, having a little bit more wine. Yeah. <laughs> I'm cut off. Um, okay. Uh, I'm a 34-year-old, happily married woman living in California. My husband and I want nothing more to start than to start our family. After our first pregnancy ended quickly in a miscarriage at eight weeks, we felt optimistic about trying again. This September, somewhere around six weeks, a new little heartbeat began, and according to the so-called heartbeat bill on your desk, life had officially begun. At 10 weeks, we heard our baby's heartbeat for the first time. My father, an excited gr first-time grandparent, was in town and proudly took photos in my OBGYN's waiting room. At 13 weeks, we learned that even with a strong heartbeat, our baby had severe heart defects. At 15 weeks, our doctors confirmed that because of a chromosomal abnormality, our pregnancy has a 99% chance, 99 chance of miscarrying or resulting in stillbirth. Today, I am 16 weeks pregnant with my baby girl. In the next couple weeks, I will feel her move for the first time. At 20 weeks, she will be able to hear my voice. I will most likely never hear hers. Most fetuses with this syndrome miscarry by 26 weeks. Some miscarry well into the second or even third trimester. Only the least affected are born alive. Our doctors say the significance of the baby's current defects indicate that, that this will not be the case for our pregnancy. Doctors and genetic counselors have warned us that termination may be a safer option for my own physical health than continuing to carry a fetus in heart failure. My state's laws don't restrict my right to make my, my difficult choice at this time. But if you sign the heartbeat bill, women in Ohio facing the same devastating personal experience might not have another option to consider. It's easy, easy to object to abortion when you assume women who pursue them are cold, unfeeling, hardly human humans who don't respect the beauty and miracle of life. But what about the woman who wakes up every morning knowing today might be the day she faces her greatest loss? Abortions aren't just for unplanned pregnancies and unwed mothers. Banning abortions after six weeks doesn't make women feel capable of caring for children when they feel they cannot. It doesn't prevent chromosomes from dividing in a way that makes 25% of pregnancies unviable. It surely doesn't prevent the grief any woman feels when losing or choosing to terminate a pregnancy. Despite my being a lifetime advocate for abortion rights, being presented with the option to terminate is neither convenient nor casual. In cases like mine, letting nature take its course does not spare the mother any emotional or potential physical trauma. A miscarriage at this stage of pregnancy and up to 20 weeks necessitates the exact same procedure as an abortion, dilation and extraction, D&E. Later than 20 weeks, doctors medically induce labor to deliver an already lost child. My husband and I have yet to make a decision on the pregnancy. We've elected to first get more scans of the baby's anatomy, which will help our doctors assess the immediacy of a miscarriage. The mere consideration of whether to terminate is gut-wrenching in a way that will leave me forever changed. 
I wouldn't wish the circumstances of such a decision on any woman. In the meantime, I carry my grief in a visible bump, with all of the usual symptoms of pregnancy as a constant reminder that my little girl isn't to be. I could very well carry her for one, two, three, four more months, my body continuing to stretch, strangers continuing, continuing to excitedly comment, my loved ones unable to find the right words, my husband silent, silently suffering as he watches both his girls struggle, my face continuing to belie my grief, my heart continuing to break. It should be within my rights to decide whether or not I want to carry a child who will not make it to term. It should be my decision to choose to suffer my grief for the little girl I desperately want and will not have in the way that best allows me to continue my life as the woman, wife, and God-willing future mother I am. With all my strength and resolve and so many empathetic tears for the women who make difficult considerations and decisions, including those in Ohio, I firmly assert, it's my body. It's my choice. Governor Kasich, if you hear my story, understand my grief, I say, and, and understand my grief, I say this to you. Please don't take this very personal and heartbreaking decision from, away from women like me. Veto the heartbeat bill provision before you today. Thank you for reading that. Uh, did you send it to him also? I did. Yeah. No, I, I, I sent an email to two email addresses that were listed on his website, and yeah. I mailed a copy to his office. You're fucking badass. Uh, and, then, and, then, and then published it, too. Yeah. 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 And it's published on Refinery29, yeah. if you want to go read it. Yep, it's up there. Um, yeah. Is there uh, uh, anything else <laughs> that we're running out of time? It feels so wanna, weird to wrap up these conversations I know, sometimes. I want to talk for like two more I hours know, we about this because we're just a long time. Maybe we're we'll just scratching part, the service. Maybe we should do a part two of this I one. would love to have Alexis <laughs> yeah. on for a part two. <laughs> part two. Um, but if, I just wanted to ask if there's anything more that you wanted to hit um, before we close out of, of this edition of part one with Alexis. Do you have something? You look no, like you were ready I'm to say something. Moved. <laughs> I just, you know, I, I think it's just, uh, it's just become a mission of mine to, you know, f for also just, I mean, for miscarriages, for pregnancies, for, I mean, because even carrying a baby to term is really tough and, and trying on your, on you emo emotionally and physically and, you know, I just, my, you know, a family member reached out and, and, and said after, after knowing all of this about me, you know, was like, you know, I was in a really dark place after giving birth to my child. Like, you know, we, if it's a stigma that society places upon us or if it's something that we're doing to ourselves because we feel like we have to be strong as women and we can't admit that, you know, something that is supposed to be so natural you know, as childbirth, as motherhood, you know, when it, when it becomes difficult, we feel, we feel like failures. I'm not really sure why, why we don't talk or why we feel uncomfortable. Um, but we totally do. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, and I just, I, I think it's just so important that, that we talk because it's, I think it's important to normalize this stuff because it's normal. Right. Yeah. 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 I just sadly think we're a society that doesn't, we're the only advanced society that's not taking time to acknowledge that giving birth to a child or considering having a family uh, changes your life. And we don't take time for that in this country, which is insanity. And right? it's worse than that. I yeah. feel like there's a sense among Republicans, and maybe I'm wrong, but I've heard this from Republicans I know in my life, that women should be punished for choosing to have children. And I've heard it, that 
And we're you, punished if we choose not. Exactly. To. Yeah, it's a loose. It's, it's a loose. It's, it's, it's like, well, you know, why should we take? Why should we take care of these women if they're choosing to have these babies? Why should we? Why should we pay them for maternity leave? It, it's their it, choice. It makes it's, me yeah. fucking insane. Well, yeah. and again, it's it really just feels like it's a political talking point. And yeah. I, I, you know, if you really are concerned about the life of a fetus, you should all, you should have the same compassion for the women who are who are delivering them. Yeah, and it, their it, and their future and their future. Yeah, right. So it just. You know, and I, uh, yeah, I mean, here I want a Tommy Lauren shout out. Like, <laughs> you know, high five to her for sticking to her guns. You're right. If you advocate for small government. Yeah. I mean, th- this, this is in direct opposition to small government. I mean, all of that. So mm-hmm. it's, yeah. Um, oh, I was going to say too, there was something else there. I, I still just think too, I just think it's unfair to legislate in a way that, that so obviously harms a percentage of the people well, inv- le- involved. Legislating a body is full on uh, taking away human rights. Uh, you can't yeah. legislate yeah. someone's body. You just can't do it. Well, you, it could, and, you, <laughs> and you can't. The problem is too. Then when someone gets stuck in that, in in like a you know, in sort of too large of a scope of legislation, if someone gets caught in the middle that shouldn't be there. You know that people weren't. You know legislating against yeah. you don't have recourse because you're talking about right. someone's health you don't have recourse to fix it it's like you know if it's like we have this amazing opioid epidemic in this country know. you know we don't we don't make opioids illegal right yeah We're, right. no one's even talking no about one, it no, yeah no so one's talking about it because there's so much money in it yeah. like it's this weird thing of like if if there was if there was a way to make money oh, off of abortions abortion. You might be onto something. I don't know. Well, we don't give we don't give federal money to it. So, uh, FYI, we also don't the, we, we don't give federally money. Oh, right. So the Planned Parenthoods that you guys are attacking that do abortions will all those are the ones that will stay open. And the ones that do STD testing are the ones that will close first because no federal money is given for abortions. Also, when you talk so. about there's so many. This is another important point. Sorry, and then I'll stop talking. I promise. No, no I don't want the, you to ever stop talking. The the other thing is the is the organization is the like peripheral organizations that lose funding or, or are in jeopardy, right? Because we have, you know, there's the, what is it called? The, what is it called? The, it was the first thing that Trump signed. Ba-ba-ba-ba-ba. And everybody does it. Oh, All the, the, the Republican. Par- not Paris. Um, it's, but it's Mexico. Mexico. The Mexico. The Mexico. Yeah, right? Yes. Yep. Right? So we're going one back to Reagan era politics, exactly. FYI, by putting this back into effect so that you can't talk about family planning the and Bush. Right. right? So this is the thing, right? You can't talk about it mm-hmm. or you lose your funding. Right. So here's the thing. Like, having been through this experience, my genetic counselor wouldn't have been able to exist right. in that world. My The ultrasound doctors who whose sole job it is to look at a screen and determine you know the measurements of your baby wouldn't would lose funding like if they were receiving federal funding so when you think about it that way when you think of how many people are around and witnessing this and saying hey you could die yeah you could render yourself you know infertile you could you could you could you know become incapable of carrying a child you could become incapable of delivering a child <laughs> like if any of them have, had, you know, were, were some sort of organization that received federal funding, you know, poof, it'd be gone. Right. You're not even legally allowed to have that discussion, which is insane. Yeah. And that doesn't apply to those clinics. But even worse, it applies to, cl- you know, to clinics that we have helped fund 
in other parts of the world where women have even less access mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. than we do. And that's and that's the other thing I just I just don't yeah. understand. Again, again, you're you're willing to you're willing to let a whole bunch of whole bunch of women fall through the cracks. Yeah. You know, because you've politicized this argument. Yeah, I mean, this uh, this administration, I think, has made uh, abundantly clear that they are wi uh, willing to view women or already viewing women as uh, second class citizens, and this just gets me more fired up than anything. This is like the thing that I feel like I literally would put my body uh, in a protest for. Like, it's our legal right. It's been our legal right for many years. Uh, no abortion fits all. No size fits all. It's our right to have an abortion. All of us for any reason <laughs> any yeah. of us for any reason that is our right without question without question right um i just want to say like if you're fa if you're facing that choice there's amazing organizations i really am a fan of shout your abortion which is like mm -hmm. very supportive of talking about this in any context or respect um they're an amazing organization women on waves is an amazing organization providing abortion services in countries that don't have it and taking you out to open water so that you can make that choice which is like it makes me want to cry thinking about yeah. the organization it's amazing Planned Parenthood, we got to give our money. They can't go away. They can't go away. I'm going to cry, too. Like, this <laughs> shit can't go away. Yeah. Can't go away. Yeah. 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 Anyway. And I think, too, until until we have until we have total access and it's not being threatened, like, you know, I think I think you got to fight your shame because yeah. it, yes. it's, it's not real. That's and I think so we have to not fight real. your shame. That's fight your so shame. fucking and we, and good. We, and we got to band together yeah. Because, yeah. because, you know, I. Yeah. Well, anyway, this is the crying episode, you guys. Yeah, sorry, guys. <laughs> I'm so glad you wanted to talk about Thank this. You. Yeah. Thank, Thank you. you for we being gotta here. We got to have you back because there's so much more there's we like, need to oh, talk about. There's a second about. episode. There's a second here, episode. Sure. If you're willing. Thank you. Thanks, yeah. as always, for Thank listening you. to Welcome to the Clan Bake. Reach out to us if you want to. Thanks for listening. Thank Thanks you. for being Thank here. Thank you for being here. Thank you. We love you. Yay. Welcome to the Clan Bake. It's the opposite of a sausage fest. Just a couple of